Well, it's good to see y'all here this morning. Uh, felt a little funny. I didn't have a funeral this week. You know, it's, uh, that was getting old. That was getting old. And uh, I'm glad to see you here doing well. Uh, what I want to do this morning, last Sunday, I spoke on probably some of the things that was going to take place in the tribulation. Some of the horrible things that's going to take place. And uh, many people have a problem with believing that they don't have to go through that tribulation. So I'm going to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes about something that we call the rapture. The rapture of the church. And a lot of people have a problem believing with this rapture because they say, well, rapture is not in the Bible. The word rapture, it's not in the Bible. But the word caught up and carried away is, which that's what rapture is, being caught up and carried away. Well, that's what's going to happen to the church. If you are a born-again Christian and you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're living for Him, you will not go through the rapture. I mean, excuse me, through the tribulation. You will go in the rapture. And, uh, but before, David don't know about this yet, so I'm going to tell him. Uh, David, if you will put on the screen 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 4, verse uh, 13 through 17. This is something that kind of explains the rapture. It explains what is going to take place. This is Paul. He is talking to the Thessalonian uh, people the, the, about they had a concern. They were saying, okay, you're talking about this rapture taking place or the carrying away, caught up. And what about our loved ones that have already died before this takes place? Well, Paul's going to assure them, hey, don't worry about them. If they knew Jesus Christ, they are going to go just like all the rest of us. And I'm going to read this uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is Paul talking to the Thessalonian people, assuring them of what is going to take place. Many of us can't get this in our mind pictured of this happening. But God said it's going to happen. So if you believe in God, just believe that this is going to happen. It's going to take place. Now there's going to be many that will not go up in the rapture. There's going to be many left behind simply because they do not believe in God. They do not believe in Jesus Christ. They do not believe anything about what the Bible says. These people will be left behind. And I want to say something. When this rapture or the catching away takes place, it is going to be so fast and so quick, the world is not going to see it. They're not even going to know about it. All of a sudden, they're going to turn around some of their loved ones, every Christian, those that believe in Jesus Christ, those who have accepted Him, they're not going to be here. They're going to be gone. And you know, every bit of this happens, 
in the twinkling of an eye. That's what the Bible says. It happens in the twinkling of an eye. So we'll get into that in just a minute. But what I want to do is read uh, these uh, verses right here, right fast. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting in verse 13. This is Paul speaking to the Thessalonian people. He's assuring them, hey, don't worry about your loved ones if they were in God. He says, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. He's talking, brethren, he's talking to the Christians. He's talking to the church. I would not have you be ignorant. I would not have you be uninformed about what is going to take place. Concerning them which are asleep. Now, asleep it simply means those who have died. That's, asleep here is died. They're dead. That you sorrow not that you saw not even as others which have no hope. Others which have no hope. These that have no hope are those who do not know or have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and do not believe. They have no hope. They're going to be in this tribulation. They're going to go through all the horrors of tribulation. Everything, you know, we talked about that Sunday, and it... It's not good. It's not a good thing to go through. Matter of fact, God even said that this will be a time that will come up on the earth that the earth has never seen and it will never see again. That's how bad it's going to be. And they said that even heaven became silent for half an hour. It was not a sound made as Jesus Christ was opening up the seals and what was going to take place. It was going to be so bad that heaven could not... They were just so silent in anticipation. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? How are the people going to react? What's going to take place? For, for half an hour, there was no worship in heaven. God didn't even have the holy angels flying around saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy, holy... There was, no, there was nothing. Total silence in anticipation of what was fixing to take place. The horribleness of what was going to take place. And God even said if he had not cut the time short, no flesh would have survived. But God, with his love, his mercy, and his grace, has made a way of escape for those who will believe in Him and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want you all to listen to these verses. We just got through reading 13, which, and it was finished up with those who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus, God will bring with Him. Those who sleep in Jesus, those who have accepted Christ and have died, it says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive, we're alive now, and remain until the coming of the Lord, are still alive when the Lord comes back. We shall not go ahead of those who have died. He's saying that, that we will go, but those that have died will go before us. Well, how are they going to go before us if they're dead? 
We're fixing to see. It says in verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. A shout. The shout is more like a command. When he shouts, it's like he's commanding those in the grave, come forward, come up. Just like he did Lazarus. Remember when Lazarus was in the grave? He come to that grave. He said, roll back the stone. Martha looked at him and said, but Lord, he stinketh by now. So he had already started deterioration. That didn't bother Jesus one bit. He called Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came out of that grave. He hobbled out. He's still in his grave clothes. He comes hobbling out. And they undid Lazarus. It's sort of similar to what this is talking about here. He's going to give a command, a shout, for them to come up out of that grave just like he did Lazarus to come from that grave, from that tomb. And he says here, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout or command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. You know there's going to be a trumpet sound? A trumpet sound is very important. Back in the Old Testament and different times, when they blew that trumpet, that trumpet meant several different things. First of all, it was calling for an assembly. It was calling for the people to come and get together. Or it was announcing that uh, there's trouble on the way like a war. And it also announced, we're going to have a festival. It's going to be a great time. The trumpet was very important. When he blew that trumpet, he was saying, come forth, we're going to assemble. They're going to assemble and meet the Lord in the air. And uh, with the voice of the archer and, the, and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's what I was saying. They will come up out of their graves. They will arise first. We, I'll go ahead and read it. Then we which are alive at the time of this resurrection of the dead shall remain and shall remain shall be caught those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord forever we the dead in Christ shall rise first then we right behind them will meet the Lord in the air to be with him forevermore so if if these Thessalonians loved ones as they were so concerned about were Christian. They knew the Lord Jesus Christ. They had received him as their Lord. They, if they were dead, were going to rise up out of those graves and go ahead of those who were alive already and then those who were alive already would follow immediately behind them to meet the Lord in the air. He is doing away 
with these people having to go through the tribulation because they belong to him. They're his. And he's not going to put them through the tribulation. Well, Bill, is there anything else that you can tell me about why they're not going to be there? Where do you get that, they're not, that they are not going to go through the tribulation? Revelations chapter 3, verse 10. This scripture is one reason why so many people believe that they're, that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, believe that we will not go through the tribulation. Listen to what it says. Matter of fact, it's saying we won't go through it. It says in Revelation 3.10, this is Jesus speaking. Because you have kept my command to persevere, to keep going, not give up with everything that comes against you, you help the faith. I, listen, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell upon the earth. I will keep you from the trial or from the wrath that is to come. The wrath that is to come is the tribulation. And, I have, and I've asked many people, they said, well, I, I don't know, I think that from what I, I, I kind of believe we'll go through some of that tribulation. Many people believe that we'll go through the first uh, half of the tribulation. That's not what this says. Some believe we'll go through the whole tribulation. That's not what this scripture says. It says that we will be saved from that. Listen, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from that hour or that time of trial. The trials that the tribulation will bring upon man. Which shall come upon the whole world. You know, a lot of people think that this tribulation thing, they think all oh, this is just going to apply and go and be in the Middle East. It's worldwide. It's the whole world. It's going to affect the whole world, not just the Middle East. Said, and the only way, think about it, the only way to keep the church from that time of trial or tribulation is to remove the church from the earth where the tribulation will take place. And if you will notice, if you, if you study or read Revelations, <clears throat> when you read Revelations, after the third chapter of Revelations, and I want you to notice, if you, if, you, if you do read it and study it, the church is not mentioned anymore. Church isn't talked about. We see the seals being opened. We see the trumpet sounding and, every, and, and all that's going to take place. Then we see the bowls being poured out. The church is not mentioned. Why? Simply because the church isn't here. The church is in heaven. They're not here to go through it. The church is not mentioned. It's not saying, well, the church is going to go through this too or the church. No. He said, I will keep you from this hour or the time of wrath that is to come upon the whole world. The church isn't going to be here to receive this wrath. They're going to be in heaven watching what's going on. They're going to see it. They're going to know what's going on. But 
But the church is not going through it. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, God has set you apart from the world. You're different. You're special. You're not going to go through what the rest of this world is going to go through. You know, and, the, and it says that, that, that we'll be taken off this world. And the way of doing that is simply by what we call the rapture. That's when we are called up to be with Jesus Christ in the clouds to meet Jesus. That's the rapture. The definition of rapture means, like I said, to be caught up or carried away and to be with the Lord. But exactly what does it mean? What is this revelation? I mean, excuse me, this rapture going to mean? I want to look at several different things. First, Christ will return in the clouds. Now many people think this is the second coming. This is not the second coming. Many people call this the second coming. It's not. The second coming is when Jesus Christ comes back with the saints, sets up his kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. He comes back to the earth, sets foot upon the earth, and sets up his reign. He comes back in this rapture. He never sets foot upon the earth. He's up in the clouds all the time. This is the rapture. It is not the second coming. The rapture is different from the second coming. The second coming, like I said, is when Jesus Christ comes back and sets up his kingdom. That's the second coming. This here is simply known as the rapture where the Christians are taken off of the earth before that tribulation starts, called into the clouds to meet with Christ, and then go on to heaven. And like I said, I'm going to show it to you in a minute, but this all happens so quick. They, even in the scripture it says, it will happen in the twinkling of an eye. The twinkling. You know what a twinkle is? That's a blink. That's a blink. That's how fast this is going to take place. Well, how can something happen this fast? Even the Bible calls it a mystery. It is. We don't understand it. But God said it's going to happen, so it's going to happen. You know, I guess that's, I'm, I'm not saying it's one of my problems, but I think it's, it's one of is I have no problem with what the Bible says. I hate to admit this, but God is a whole lot smarter than I am. He knows more than I know. Linda says she knows more than I know. But you know, it's just believing in your heart what God says is going to take place. You don't even have to doubt it. You don't have to wonder about it. If God says it's going to happen, hey, get ready. It's going to happen. Be ready. Be ready. <coughs> but Christ will return in the clouds and, his, and, and he will be accompanied with a, with a loud shout or command what will sound like the voice of an archangel. This will be accompanied by the trumpet call of God. Like I said, that trumpet call, the Old Testament especially, had a meaning. 
when they heard that trumpet, and it was the way the trumpet was blown, they knew what was going to happen. They was either being called for a time of war, or they was being called for a time of assembly, or they was being called to come to the feast. We're being right here. They were being called, okay, it's time to assemble. We're going to meet Jesus Christ in the air, and we're going to heaven. They heard that trumpet. He blew that trumpet. But you know, like I said a while ago, the rest of the world never heard it. They did not know what was going on. And when this happens, like I said, it's going to be so fast and so quick, nobody's even going to notice it. Just you, the Christian. They said, this will be accompanied by the trumpet of God. And I hear, like I said, this is First Thessalonians. We read it a while ago, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. It says, for the Lord himself. Did you notice the Lord isn't sending an angel or anybody else? He's coming himself. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout or a command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Even the dead heard the trumpet. You know, if you'll think about something, say, well, many people ask, well, what about all those that's been in the grave and all their bodies and everything is already decomposed? Hey, no problem. God will just speak it to come back together. Just like he spoke the world to be made. Let it be. And so it was. If y'all stop and think about it, your body was made from dirt. God took, piled up some dirt, fixed a nose on that dirt so he could breathe in it. Dirt in the mouth. I mean mouth and nose. He breathed in it and it became a living soul. This will not be a problem for God. I don't care if you've been buried at sea. I don't care if you've been buried under avalanches. I don't care where you've been. You'll come forth. That's the power of God when he speaks. You're going to come up. Many people wonder about that. They say, well, what about, what about these people being cremated? No problem. God calls that body to be rejoined to itself. It becomes whole once more. It's hard for us to understand this. I don't understand it, but I believe it. Because God says that's what's going to happen. I don't have to understand. I just have to believe God. That's what we all have to do, is believe God and what He says. And one of the second things that's going to happen is we know about the rapture. There will be a resurrection of those who have died. That's what it is. They are being resurrected. Just like when Jesus Christ died and he went to that tomb and he was in that tomb three days. Son, come forth. He arose. He was resurrected on that third day. You know, I want to say something, and going back to, to Lazarus right fast. It said that Jesus waited four days.
before he went back to Lazarus. It'll come out in a minute. Uh, why did he wait four days? He wanted the people to know and, and for sure that Lazarus was dead. Over in the Middle East, they have a belief that after, from four days on, the body in the heat, the temperature over there in the Middle East starts, its de- it, it starts to decompose. What did Martha say? But Lord, he stinketh by now. They knew he was already beginning to decompose. They knew that the body was already starting to smell. They knew he was dead. They even believed that the spirit would hang around the first three days trying to re-enter that body. Jesus waited four days. He wanted wanted them to know Lazarus is dead. He resurrected Lazarus even after he started decomposing. He has no problem raising the dead. He has no problem. We just have to realize who God is. All-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful. He can do anything. Nothing shall be impossible for God. Nothing. And then here, it said, we know about the rapture, that it will be the resurrection of those who have died in Christ. The dead will be raised and before the living. They're going to be... Look how long they've been dead. This is just an honor that God is paying those that have died in Him. I'm taking you first because you died first. He was paying honor to those that had died. Then... He would take the living, those that were still alive. He would call them up just right after the dead. And he said both, both of these groups, the living and the dead, will experience their bodily change. You know you're going to have a change in your body when you die, going to heaven? You are on your way to heaven. You know what's going to happen? You're going to receive your glorified body. Glorified body. The glorified body is the same body that Jesus Christ had at his resurrection. Remember when he went into the room to meet with the disciples? They said the door was locked and shut. And he goes right through the door. Walks right through it. He had his glorified body. He had his glorified body. We will all who are in Jesus Christ who believe or who have died believing, you on your way to heaven will receive your glorified body. And you'll have that for all eternity. It'll be yours. It's yours. Is it? And both groups will receive this in the twinkling of an eye. That's how quick it's going to happen. Look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 15, verse 52. Look what he says. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible. Have no more sin, nothing. They'll be incorruptible. 
and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. Our bodies are going to be changed. The changing of our bodies will not be something that happens over a period of time. It's going to happen instantaneous. It's going to happen immediately. There will be a rapture of the living believers who will be caught up with Jesus without ever experiencing death. Do you know that if you're alive when this rapture comes, that you will not experience death? You'll have a body change, but you'll never go through the experience of death. Your body will go just like it is, except on the way, your body's going to change and you're going to receive a glorified body. But you'll never see death. You'll never see death. There, there, there will be a rapture of the living believers who will be caught up to be with Jesus without ever experiencing death. Can you believe that? You don't even have to die. It's going to happen so fast, you're not even going to have time to take pictures on the way. It's going to just pop, and it's it. You're in heaven. You know, the rapture refers to the changing of living believers into their immortal bodies. That's what happens at the rapture. Your bodies are changed. And you never see death. You never see a physical death. Paul, like I said a while ago, Paul calls this a mystery. And whatever happens in that instant, it is a mystery. We cannot understand it, but it will happen. We don't have the slightest idea of how it's going to happen. But God said it's going to happen. So I'm just going to leave it in his hands. I'm not even going to try to help him. I'm just going to say, Lord, let thy will be done. You know, the thing about the rapture, can you believe this? And I know there's many of us in here that we've had our loved ones go on ahead of us. They're in heaven. You're going to get to see them again. You're going to get to see them again. There's going to be a reunion take place like you cannot imagine. I imagine we've all been to reunions where the families got together, the laughing, the talking, the going-ons, all the dominoes being played, cards being played, you name it. You were enjoying yourself because you were with your loved ones. You was with family. Do you realize everybody in heaven is also going to be family? Those that have gone on ahead of you. Linda, you're going to see Julie again. Lynn, you're going to see Harold. Y'all going to see your mama. Walter, you're going to see Jimmy. And Jeff, y'all going to see Jeff. See, that's the whole thing. You're going to be back with your loved ones once again. And you, come to think about it, you're going to know who everybody in heaven is anyway. He said, we'll know everybody. Well, you've never met them, but you'll know them. You'll know them. This is going to be a time that you cannot even begin to imagine. You know, you, you've got relatives out there. Some of you have got mothers, fathers, grandfathers that you've never met. You do. You've never met them. 
Maybe your mother, maybe she passed away at birth. Maybe your father was killed over in a war. Whatever was going on, you never met him. You've got grandparents there you've never met. They died before you was born. But do you know when you get to heaven, you're going to meet them? You're going to see them? You're going to reminisce? It is going to be such a time of joy in our lives when we see all of our loved ones again. You know, I got to thinking that here since, I guess, June or July, I have done six funeral services here. And I got to thinking, these that have passed away, we're going to see again. They're going to get to see us again. They're going to get to see family again. They're going to see family that they've never even seen before. There is going to be such a glorious, glorious time that's going to be going on in heaven. And the thing is, it's for all eternity. It never ends. You never have to say goodbye to any of your loved ones again. You're there with them. You're loving on each other. But you know the greatest thing? The greatest thing of all of it is you turn around and you see Jesus Christ face to face. The one who saved you by his grace, you shall see him face to face. Can you imagine him putting his arms around you and telling you how much he loves you? I'm so glad you chose me. I'm so glad you got to heaven with me. one of Jesus' main concerns right now. How many, how many are going to go in the rapture? There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. That's what he said in John 14, 6. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me or through me. He said, you have to believe I am the Son of God, that I died, I rose that third day. You believe this, you're saved. You'll be in heaven. You'll go in the rapture. You're not going to go through this tribulation. You're not going to go through all that mess. You know, we talked about that last Sunday, some of the terrible things that's going to take place. It's hard for us to even imagine. It's hard for us to even imagine. But what did God say? When we never accepted his son, we laughed at Jesus, we made fun of Jesus, we made fun of what he did, we didn't believe that he went to that cross, we didn't believe that he died for us, we mocked him, we scorned him. Now, the tribulation is God pouring out his wrath upon the world for the way they have treated his son and him. They said that the wrath of God shall abide upon us forever. Those who do not believe. The wrath of God will never leave you. It will never leave. All eternity. Can you imagine burning in a fiery hell for all eternity? That's what's going to happen. You know, I know it sounds gory, but that's not me saying it. It's what God has said is going to happen. So while we can, while we're here on this earth, we have to make 
that choice of where we're going to spend eternity. And only you can do it. Nobody can make it for you. I've told you that before. You have to make this choice yourself. This is between you and God. It's not between somebody else standing in for you and being a proxy. No, this is between you and God now. You come before God. You confess Him as Lord, as your Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you shed your blood for my forgiveness. Lord, I believe that you died. I believe that you arose that third day, and I believe right now you're sitting at the right hand of God in heaven. I believe it, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You're saved. You are saved. Your destination now is heaven. Bypassing the tribulation, bypassing hell, bypassing all of it, and going straight to heaven to be with Jesus Christ and all your loved ones. What are you going to do? It's your choice. It's your choice. You know, I can't make that choice for my wife and she can't make it for me. We make our own choice. We have to. It has to come from us. It has to come from the heart. He said, confess and believe in your heart. It doesn't say, believe up here. It said, believe in your heart. Know that you know that you know that you know that you belong to Jesus and no doubt in your mind. I probably said some things today that probably made some people uneasy. But I told you the truth. And that's what's important. That's what's important is you know the truth. See, I'm going to have to, just like you, I'm going to have to stand before God. And you know, if I hadn't told y'all the truth, I believe God would have looked at me and said, Bill, why didn't you not tell them the truth? Why did you not tell them that if they don't accept Jesus Christ, they're going to burn in hell? Well, I told you. So I'm free and clear. What about you? Have you accepted Jesus Christ? Are you going to be in heaven? Are you saved? Is there any doubt in your mind? If you have any doubt in your mind whether or not you're saved, you better get right. Because the way things are looking in this world right now, this rapture could take place at any moment. Do y'all realize nothing else has to happen? Nothing else has to take place? Matter of fact, the rapture is the next thing on God's agenda according to Scripture. That's the next thing to happen is the rapture. He's going to come and take His church out of here before the tribulation. He don't want us to go through it. He loves us. He says, you've already been through enough persecutions serving me, walking with me, witnessing for me, the stuff I know that you've been through you're not going to go through anything else. You're coming to heaven with me because of your love for me, your faith in me, believing in me, knowing that my word is truth. Do you need to come today and ask God to forgive you of anything? Maybe there's something going on in your life that you need forgiveness for. 
But you're the one that has to come and ask. I'll pray with you, but you're the one that has to ask. I've already asked for me. I can't even ask for my wife. She has to do that herself. Where are you at with God? If you was to say, and just do a self-examination of yourself, how would it come out? I mean, totally being honest with your needs, your feelings, how you feel about God. Do you truly believe? Would God be pleased with the results of self-examination? Or would he say, wait, ho, 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 kind of overlooked a couple things there. No, we have to be honest with God, totally and completely, want to be in God's will, ask him, Lord, forgive me of anything in my life that is not right with you. Forgive me. And he will. He will. Because he loves you. He wants you in heaven. He wants you to be there with him. You know, God has been very long-suffering. That's the only reason he hadn't come back already. He's given those the opportunity to come to him that hadn't done it yet. How much more time you got? I have no idea, but I know it's getting closer and closer each day. And when he comes back, it's going to be so quick, the world will not see it, the world will not know it, and when everything happens, it will be in the blink of an eye. You're not going to have a whole lot of time. You better, you've got some time right now. You better use it. If you're here today, I'm going to ask the band to come up. <coughs> and if you're here today and you need to come to God, say, Lord, I think I've got some stuff wrong in my life and I need your forgiveness. I need you to touch me. I need you to change me. He'll, he will because he wants you in heaven too. He don't want to lose any one of you. He wants you there. So as a band plays, if there is anything that you need to come to God with, please come up to the altar. If you need just somebody to pray with you, I'll be more. I'm gonna be down front. I'll be more than glad to pray with you for any need that you've got. I'll pray with you, and I'll stand with you for that need. So if you will, the band will play. If you need to come, please, come. What if something happened on the way home and you didn't make it home? And you didn't ask God for forgiveness? It's simply too late then. Your decision has to be made while you're still alive. So if you need for Jesus to come into your heart, you need something, please. Today is the day of salvation. This is it. Come. In Jesus' name, I, I, I pray you will.